1: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Take the Black Live, the show where we go over the latest in Game of Thrones, Song of some and Fire, fantasy, sci-fi, genre, news, and uh, editorial commentary. I am Dan Selke, editor of WintersComing.net, and I am here with...
0: Mia Johnson, hello. I'm back, editor at Fanside.com, Fanside Entertainment.
1: Yeah, Mia, you helped us out with uh, your San Diego Comic Con visit yes. a couple weeks ago. Yes. And if you're a, if you're a longtime watcher of the show, you know that Cheryl Wasnar, dear beloved Cheryl Wassenaar, moved on last week to bigger and better things, and uh, Mia has graciously. Uh, accepted my begging plea to. <laughs> you come didn't have and to beg. That's the, show. the thing. I was
0: like, I would gladly do this. You have some great fans. Well, thank and you so much. I'm like, I'm all for it.
1: Good. I'm really glad to hear that. I'm excited. I think this could be a lot of fun. Yay. Um, and thanks for everybody who's watching. Is anybody yes. watching? Yes.
0: Let's say hello to Julie. Thank you, Julie, <laughs> hey, Christy, Julie. Kathleen, Renee, and Teray. I hope I'm saying everyone's names right. I'm getting used to you all. So. Yeah, I get used to it. <laughs>
1: Anyway, let's just dive right into it. Um, there's a lot going on. It's been a frantic day. I will say that at the top of the hour, Josh Hill is again out for Song of mm. and Josh. At least he told me ahead of time this time. Were you here? Oh, my God. Last week? <laughs> All I doing saw the was show. the message.
0: It was like paging Josh Hill. I was like, what's going on? Where is he? <laughs> and
1: Josh just didn't show up. <gasps> wow. <laughs> he was like in a meeting. Wow. But yeah, boo. But this time, he's like, he's hiring somebody or something yeah, for something. yeah. He'll be back next week, or I'll just do it myself. <laughs> <laughs> he's not. But okay, I want to start, uh, this kind of happened at the end of the last show, last Wednesday. I think mm-hmm. the big news out of this past week was David Benioff and Dan Weiss, the showrunners of Game of Thrones, the most beloved oh. and reviled people kind of working in Hollywood today <laughs> Only the best. You can't, it, it, it's like, it's 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 one or the other. Man, they had quite the year <laughs> in terms of perception. Yeah. Um, yeah. They've been looking for a while at, like, their next move. Mm-hmm. Like, because it, 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 it's, it's so weird to be them right now, because they have so much clout. They made, whatever you think about it, Game of Thrones was the most successful series, like, in the past, like, what, 25 years oh, yeah. oh, at yeah. least? At the same time, they suffered through, like, a Last jedi size, maybe even Ooh. bigger mm. fan backlash. Yeah. Yeah. So the question was, what now?
0: yeah. They're not in a good place and I think they Well they well, they need something to they well personally are in a good place. They're making they're gonna make cash, but they still need to win over the fans, I think. Or at least a majority of the fans who are hurt by Game of Thrones. Um, <laughs> and so whatever they're gonna do in the future, I think they really gotta earn it.
1: And the question is what will they do and what they're gonna do, at least for the now, they have signed a and I will say that 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 I've got like Different numbers on this depending on who, where I looked, mm-hmm. but I think a two hundred million dollar deal.
0: Oh wow! They
1: signed with Netflix. We were wondering if they are going to go to Disney, if they are going to go to Warner Media, which owns HBO. Yeah. I, I I guess I thought like either of those would make a little more sense because, I mean, they worked with HBO, exactly. So you figure Warner Media could make a deal with them, yeah. and then Disney—they're making Star Wars movies, so like why not go with Disney? But they went. With Netflix, I think it's like the least expected pick of that.
0: Yeah, that is kind of weird. I would kind of expect them to be on like the Warner Media that what it's called like HBO Max. Yes,
1: <laughs> that, 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 that is going to be the the, the 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 new system. Yeah. HBO Max.
0: Like I I could have seen it. The only tubular. thing like I could think of is it being like a bidding war, like them like being like we're only going to go to the people who pay us the most. And maybe, you know, Disney's like, I'm not all here. HBO or Warner's like, I'm not all here. So, Netflix was like, just take our money.
1: Here's the thing, though. This is interesting. So, J.J. Abrams signed a deal with Warner Media Mm -hmm. for $500 million. Wow. Which is ridiculous, by the way. That's something that we could talk about. Like, are are these deals getting too big? Like, how much are these folk worth, really? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, <laughs> is J.J. Abrams really worth $500 million? I don't know.
0: That's a great question because it's like Star Wars and Star Trek versus like Game of Thrones.
1: But of course it won't be Game of Thrones.
0: Right. Well, like, you know, what they're bringing to the table, yeah. what they've had previously. I don't know, five 500- hundred. Well, how, what did you say for JJ? JJ
1: Abrams got a five hundred million dollar deal with Warner Media.
0: With Warner Media, that
1: and then Benioff and Weiss got a two hundred million dollar deal, which is huge yeah. by any yeah. imagination. But apparently, it's like dwarfed it's like, by other yeah. deals <laughs> in Hollywood. That's like, the those kind are of just thrown around.
0: Yeah, he's two hundred million. Get out of <laughs> here. <laughs> no, that to me, yeah, that that's a sizable amount. It's kind of hard to like comprehend or like yeah, to imagine exactly, that yeah. scale to begin with. Um, but, I mean, that just – that kind of just shows you their faith in that they're like, okay, J.J. Abrams or D&D, they're really going to make some magic sure. happen.
1: Or that, like, J.J. just knows people. Right? I, I guess, I mean, he, yeah. he has been, like, entrenched yeah. for longer than they have and, you know, spread himself around. Here's what Benioff and Weiss said. This is their statement, which mm-hmm. is, by the way, their first statement of any kind since um, the end of Game of Thrones, really.
0: Oh, welcome it, back then.
1: <laughs> it, 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 I mean, it, it, it's it's notable that they they've – I mean, I don't want to visit anybody's intention because I don't know them. Yeah. And I get a little annoyed when people on Twitter are like, well, they're clearly, like, hating the fans. Like, they've said nothing. I don't know where you're getting mm. this. I got into a tiny little Twitter tiff with a noted uh, journalist Yikes. who I respect very much. But um, was kind of she, – she she tweeted something about, like, uh, I hope Benioff and Weiss can, um, you know, stop being – uh, like hostile toward the fans and i'm thinking oh. like they've said absolutely nothing since everything i feel there's definitely some projection going on
0: maybe it, in like
1: in this backlash yeah that world.
0: person was just her they need to they need to express that in a different way <laughs> like i
1: mean the, again that person it was the runner of vanity fair who's, who's terrific by yeah. the way who's excellent yeah but i mean like I, I do see that sentiment, like people just reading stuff into it. And it makes me a little uncomfortable.
0: Mm. But anyway. Yeah, what did they say?
1: Uh, here's their statement. Their statement is, we've had a beautiful run with HBO for more than a decade. And we've, we're have grateful to everyone there for always making us feel at home. Over the past few months, we've spent many hours talking to Cindy Holland and Peter Friedlander, Netflix people, mm-hmm. as well as Ted Saranis and Scott Stuber. Great. I'm glad we know their names. We remember the same shots from the same 80s movies. We love the same books. We're excited about the same storytelling possibilities. Netflix has built something astounding, unprecedented, and we're honored they invited us to join them. That's okay. I mean, pretty standard. It's not like a total us yeah. anything.
0: Yeah, to me, it's just a standard. And of course, there, I don't think there might not be a time, or at least in the near future, where they do like seriously address the whole season eight backlash. I think they're just going to carry on and kind of act like, nothing happened and i mean it's, it's definitely an <laughs> option i feel like that's the best damage control Is just to like move on and don't even like in a way to me it sounds kind of bad to be like oh that never happened but it also seems like it would hurt them as well To i don't know it's a double edged sword i think it really is yeah.
1: like i've come back and forth on it
0: yeah i've been like i mean yes
1: you you could meet it head on, but I mean, like, what if, they, like, you, you heard about them going to Comic-Con and then canceling, right? right? yeah. They're going to appear that. I mean, what if, you know, I mean, like, they know themselves better than anybody. What if, like, if we address it, we're just going to look defensive and get angry? Because, I mean, when you pour your heart and soul into something and people just react so badly to it, yeah. obviously it's going to mess yeah. you up. But again, th- this is me, like imagining what they feel i don't know nobody does yeah
0: you know what this is reminding me of i'm a huge sherlock fan like like by far um season three i'll Hmm. start with season three because season four is a whole nother mess by itself but season three specifically everyone was awaiting what would happen to sherlock like how did he survive the Mm -hmm. reichenbach fall remember that and it just sort of like the writers just sort of like brushed over, like, "Oh, you don't need to know." I know you spent like two years coming up with your fan theories and stuff, mm-hmm. but they the response was like, "Whatever you, whatever we would have done would not have matched what you wanted." Okay, but I think fans kind of took that as a like more of like a "you suck" as fans, so just shut up and let us do our jobs. <laughs> and it it kind of hurt people. So it's like I think it also moves into that balance of like, what do we want? Versus, what do we get? You know, season eight again was mm, not some good giddens <laughs> but
1: folk had opinions.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it's just that kind of thing where it's like, if you are a creator in this space, it I don't it there. I don't think there's a right answer as to what your response should be. To I the fans. agree with yeah. you.
1: I think there are pros and cons either way, and I mean, I I I think we're, we're kind of coming in of age in this. Um, space where the fan reaction is that immediate. Mm-hmm. And it's a whole new ballgame. It's it's not like you can just respond through press releases and appearances like you yeah. could like people want you to be talking on social media. They want you to be talking immediately. Yeah. It's a it's a whole new ecosystem. And no one really quite knows how to navigate it.
0: Yeah. And um
1: <laughs> I think Benny F and Weiss are finding their way like everybody else is. Yeah. And it... I I think we as fans can do our best to approach it with uh rationality and some empathy occasionally Mm -hmm. and i mean if you're angry you say you're angry that's fine too but um yeah why don't we just have a peace
0: convention where we just meet and both sides acknowledge like like meet me here and we'll break bread and we'll make a better season
1: but anyway (laughs) yeah so i guess my question about this is so it seems like their play to move into, like, the realms occupied by A.J.J. Abrams or a Ryan Murphy or mm-hmm. a Shonda Rhimes, like a big mega producer. Yeah. Um, I mean, if I had to guess, I- I'd say that they're not going to do, like, a Game of Thrones thing again, where they're, like, just in it 24-7. Okay. You know, because, like, for, for them, Game of Thrones, like, just was their job. Like, they they... they-, they- they weren't Ryan Murphy or Shonda Rhimes have like eight shows on TV at once. They mm-hmm. had like this show. Um, but if they're doing star Wars movies and they have a Netflix deal to develop, you know, shows and movies,
0: Right.
1: I, my guess is that they're going to be a little more producery.
0: Yeah. I don't imagine that they could have, you know, their hands in like so many pots and be mm-hmm. so deep into it as much as uh, I guess the way you're saying with game of Thrones. Um, and so then I think at that level, whatever comes out of this, they're just kind of like there to like push it forward and give it the okay. Um, but at that rate, it just might be up to like writers or directors or whoever that really set the tone for the story. So if it's a bad it season, it me. might not even be their fault of like whatever show it is. <laughs> <I> <laughs> like, mean, hey, Don't blame us. I, mean, cause, cause I was thinking like a,
1: a, about Ryan Murphy, who has mm-hmm. like, like American horror story, American crime story pose. Yeah. It's called 911. Never heard of the the politician like all these like all these shows on here he can't possibly like be every day on them no (laughs) yeah yeah
0: yeah you need some point people to go and and do your bidding for you
1: (laughs) so my guess is that they want to do that now
0: that's probably yeah that's how i imagine things would be going so
1: um this means (laughs) yeah i mean i don't know i'm I'm sure maybe after having your elbow deep in something for like eight years you want to try something else a little bit of a different role this probably means that their show Confederate is dead over at HBO, <laughs> which I mean, like, that's what an interesting story that was.
0: That was. And I'm I'm glad that got shut down. I'm like, that's all I need to say about that.
1: I mean, it's interesting because, like, I, I, I feel like we've known it's dead for a long time, but they never came out and said it.
0: <laughs> they, yeah. like,
1: they acted like it might still happen, which we <laughs> all know. Like, who are you kidding? No, it's not. Yeah,
0: that's not. There's there's no grounds for a show like that in this day and age it's like please don't do this to me i can't
1: yeah and after the backlash like no one ever talked about it yeah. and yeah like,
0: just it'd just be bad overall for everybody
1: it, it just surprised me that they didn't wouldn't just admit like nah, it's gone but there's like i said it was one to. I, I i think they just want everybody to forget <laughs> it ever existed <laughs> come on <laughs> we'll never have that um uh, what do you think about them working on star wars movies we don't know what they're doing exactly yet. The rumor is going to be an old Republic thing. Are you a Star Wars person? Oh, Cheryl's yeah, of a course. huge Star Wars yeah, person. Yeah, of
0: course. I'm in Cheryl's shadow. I think she's like here. I'm <laughs> yeah. still like here. So so okay. I'm good with Star Wars. Um, what were So these were movies?
1: Okay. We, we don't know or everything we don't, yet. The, as close as we can tell, the best hot rumor Ooh. is that Benioff and Weiss are doing a trilogy of movies. Okay, right. And again, this is just rumor, but it's, you know, you know, like rumors tend to like gather steam sometimes yeah, and like you say, okay, yeah. I think we can all see yeah. what's happening. Okay. Uh, about the, uh, the old Republic, like they're way, way back, like thousands of years before. You know, okay,
0: here's the thing. I think that obviously for seasons one through seven, and there may have been like some slow patches, like Game of Thrones is generally good. Everybody loves it. Sure. And they helped it to become the phenomenon that it was. I think there
1: was great stuff in season eight, too. but uh, uh,
0: I Yeah. Care. I mean, yeah, absolutely. And I think that Star Wars, and this is just my, like, theory, is that Star Wars rushed the end of season eight. Um, and so I think that basically if they have the time to tell the stories that they want to tell in Star Wars... Mm-hmm. I, I kind of trust them. Like, if you told me last year that they were doing Star Wars, I would probably be like, that's fantastic. Um, <laughs> but, like, honestly, I think that the storytelling was rushed in Season 8, and that's why it became a train wreck. So, I, I will say that I trust them to move ahead with Star Wars, and I have my fingers crossed.
1: I think that rushed is kind of the watch where everybody kind of uh, settled on. Yeah. Although, if you, again, if you loved it, you loved it, and I, and I did like it a lot. Sometime... We can talk about exactly what happened. Maybe I think it's maybe beyond the discussion of this little thing here. But yeah, okay. I'm glad to hear because Cheryl was not a fan of them doing Star Wars.
0: Oh no, <laughs> two sides of the coin. I mean, I'm just curious, like yeah. you know,
1: to get get our new bearings here. I think her objections were that they should have hired somebody. I think she wanted more representation.
0: Oh, I, w- I, yeah, I would, I would be all for that. Yeah,
1: and I guess it is like Benioff and Weiss, and they still have Rian jo- Ryan. Ryan, jo- I hate his yeah. name, Ryan Johnson. Ryan Johnson, doing a different trilogy. <laughs> yeah. Um. Isn't it funny that Disney now has, like, two fan backlash hot potato people doing their next Star Wars trilogy?
0: <laughs> I just want to appreciate what you just said. <laughs> yes, that is... Now that you say it out loud, that is very interesting that they... I mean, those are the ha- two
1: biggest pop culture backlashes yeah. of the past five years, are The Last Jedi and the Final Season of Game of Thrones. Yeah. And now they're both making Star Wars for Disney.
0: Wow. I... I can't even wrap my head around that and I don't, I don't know it's it's been a tough call for Disney and I think whatever they do with their properties, Star Wars and Marvel and all that, they're going to make money. So that, that, I think they're cruising. It yes. might just come to a point where people end up saying enough is enough. Like if the new Star Wars movies come out like crap or, um, whatever happens. But I think for now they're like, honestly, we don't even care. <laughs> like oh, that, yeah, I mean, that would be my motto. I don't care. Just give me the money. <laughs> <laughs> it's i don't I, know it's bad i'm
1: sorry i i worry about disney and, and how huge they're getting
0: <laughs> don't lose sleep
1: <laughs> um and we'll talk about disney a, a little later in the program oh yeah uh for now is there any any other thoughts you have been off and weiss or anything comments about it
0: what are our beautiful comments saying um richard says they kind of forgot to put <laughs> their heart and soul into it i believe he's talking about uh-huh. richard had a meme
1: richard read twitter a couple of times <laughs> Oh,
0: sorry. <laughs> let's not forget. <laughs> then
1: I retract my sarcasm, Richard.
0: Ooh, yeah. George R. R. Martin gave us Game of Thrones. They adapted his story, Debbie says, to television. But let's not forget David Binyoff, so Deadpool's mouth shut in X-Men Wolverine Origins. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Okay.
1: So I want to say something about that. I think it's very hard to blame folk for development hell in Hollywood. Like, you write a script in Hollywood, and then after like three years, it goes to like 18 rewrites. Yeah. And you're like, oh, you know, this, um, family friendly Western? It's now a chamber drama in space, and it's a lot of blood. Like, that happens. Like, I I find it hard to blame that much. I think you can, if you want to blame something, you can go to this game from season eight. That's like a much closer. He had power on that. Hollywood's weird, man.
0: It is. It is. So we got to pass around the blame. Everybody gets equal share. I would give that? him
1: a pass for the Deadpool. For the Deadpool. Thing. I think okay. that season eight, it's harder because he was very much in control. Yeah. He also wrote 25th Hour, which is a pretty good Spike Lee movie.
0: Oh. You ever well, seen it? I have not. That was good. I should add that to my list. Okay.
1: Okay. <laughs> anyway, in other news, yes. um, George R. R. Martin, a song of ice and fire author and writer, is currently on a like a like a three-week tour of the UK, not the UK, the, the the British Isles. I called it the UK, and somebody pointed out that, like, he's an island, it's not part of the UK. I'm like, I'm sorry, the British Isles. Okay. Um, Oops. <laughs> anyway, he's going around to cons, um, which is a little unusual for him, because I'm sure you're familiar with the finish the books, George kind of thing, yeah. you writing, which he sticks pretty close to. Whenever he goes out on, like, a little journey, people are always like, does that mean he's done? Is he going to announce something? Not so far. Mm-hmm. Um, he did announce his uh, writing schedule. Ooh, okay. And it goes thusly. The Winds of Winter, the long-awaited six book and song about and fire <laughs>
0: Long-awaited.
1: <laughs> long-awaited. I mean, it's eight years now. 2011. 2011, man. Yeah, yeah. The year Game of Thrones started. That is quite a long time. It's a long time. So that's next. okay. And then I think like the main point people might have been a little upset about is that he wants to do next uh Dunk and Egg Four. Are you familiar with the Dunk and Egg novellas?
0: I am. I brushed up on them. They're oh, yeah. You? Look I I didn't read read them all, but I know what I know what they're about.
1: <laughs> I have not read them either. I, I really want to. It's like something I definitely should yeah. do. But they're,
0: they're like they're like prequel-ish sort of novellas. Yeah, they're like
1: little short books that are kind of more episodic. They're not mm-hmm. like a giant series and yeah. they're just like uh you know, the adventures of Duncan Egg, who are a knight and a squire, like 100 years before Game of Thrones. Yeah. By all accounts, they're very, very good. I'd like to read them. I bet, yeah. But, um, so I, I think people are a little upset that he isn't doing A Dream of Spring, the last book, right next. He's going to do this little Duncan mm. Egg novella first. And I would just say to caution, it's, that was, it was supposed to come out, you know, like, this is an old story, in 2013. <laughs> By all accounts, it's mostly done, and they're very short. I wouldn't worry too much about okay. it. Okay. Um, and that's really it. And then Dunkin Egg Five after Dream of Spring, and then Fire and Blood Two. I kind exciting.
0: of, I'm kind of wishing that uh, George R. R. Martin would do like an Avengers style like Comic Con where he like has like a big presentation and he's like showing you this is coming next and this is coming next. But he can't do the dates because I'm sure those are unknown to him, so they will remain unknown. Yes.
1: To us. The- <laughs> what do you think of this? Like so. He's doing this tour around, like, the British Isles. Mm-hmm. And he's at TitanCon and WorldCon, which are in Belfast and Dublin, respectively. Or the other way around, I forget. Um, But, like, we were we in an interview with him. And the, it said at the top, like, I was asked not to ask him questions about the winds of winter mm-hmm. or Song of Ice and Fire stuff like that. So, I, my question to you is this. Is that appropriate? Like, if, if you go out and you know that is all anybody wants to yeah. know. Like, should you even bother doing interviews at all if you're not going to allow questions about the thing that you know people actually want to know?
0: Yeah, I think that's a big like this is reminding me of like when the Avengers cast did press for Endgame Mm -hmm. because they would not tell you a single thing about the movie. So it's like. Why are you even here? Why are we sitting <laughs> down right now? What happens to Spider-Man? I are mean, like, I not that they don't say. have other things
1: to say. <laughs> yeah. And, like, he, he, you know, he, he talked about uh, that sci-fi and fantasy have changed over the years, yeah. which is an interesting topic. Because he, like, yeah. you know, w- w- when he was studying this, he said it's like it was kind of, like, considered, you know... A grubby little dirty thing to be interested in, and now it's like mainstream culture. Mm-hmm. You know, horror yeah. movies are everywhere. So I mean, it's interesting. I'm like the, the interview was good, but it's like I mean, dude, you have to know what, what what people are interested in talking to you about.
0: Yeah, and
1: I the interview. Oh my god! So the the person who wrote it up was like, I was asked not to talk about a Song of Fire or winner, things I wouldn't have been inclined to ask anyway. And I'm like, oh, mm. what a load of bull.
0: Yeah, it's, yeah. You Let's know not you play want games here. You want to know everything.
1: <laughs> okay. Hmm. So that's that. Any other any other comments about any of that?
0: How are people feeling about Julie Red Duncan Egg? And How she says they were okay. Duncan, is it?
1: I feel bad for not reading. Louis
0: says, really "When I read the sure. books, it was without the series. The next book is going to be strange as well, as of the characters are all visually realized. Reading it without picturing the series is going to be weird. Yeah, yeah,
1: that is going to be yeah. strange. It's
0: kind of like when I caught up with like, well, Harry Potter. I think was out as I was reading it. So,
1: because yeah. you're even younger than Cheryl.
0: Yeah, a couple by a couple years, but not or like eight years, so not by much. So." That will be kind of interesting to see once they are published yeah. in our good year of twenty thirty two. <laughs> I'm sorry.
1: I, I think we'll see the winds of winter within the next couple of years. I, I don't so. know if we'll ever see the last one.
0: Yikes! So oh, that's a whole topic. yeah topic. We'll do a whole show on that. <laughs> Um, anyway,
1: and our final topic you want to talk about, you went to a Q&A yes. with the directors of Avengers Endgame. Yes. Where was so, it? So
0: um, it was, they split the directors up. So Joe Russo mm-hmm. landed here in Chicago. What they're doing right now is a We Love You 3000 tour. It's really cute. And it's just, it's really all one big thing to promote the DVD okay. that is out as of yesterday. So, <laughs> yeah. So Joe Russo uh, stopped by the Second City in Chicago. It's Avengers in Game director Joe Russo. Avengers in Game director and Infinity War um, <laughs> stopped by Second City Chicago. And cool. I am a student there. I study improv. It was like my night thing. Oh, great. <laughs> and so they opened up tickets, and I was like, "Why wouldn't I go?" Yeah. So yeah, I wrote three articles. One was about like talking about how the actors used improv in the movies, oh, that's cool. which is kind of interesting. Yeah. So, like, I don't... Have you seen Infinity War? Oh, I saw it. The, okay, yeah. yeah. So, like, he was saying one of the scenes where, like, Star-Lord and Thor meet each other, like, that was pretty much improv. Hmm. Where he calls him, like, the pirate angel and stuff like that. And that's pretty cool because, yeah. I mean, like, th-
1: those movies are, you know, they're the biggest of big-budget Hollywood blockbusters mm-hmm. to think that they're still going to be a little, uh, you know freedom to do something
0: yeah it's like wow you know they they have a script but they like mm-hmm. if they want to like go off the script they're fine to do that but they'll make sure that they kind of like make a new script with some of the new right. jokes just so they're not like flying off the handle
1: that makes sense to me because those movies I mean like you know obviously they're 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 curjillions of dollars to make yeah but they do have kind of a looser like a they're they don't lose their fun.
0: Exactly, yeah. And that
1: makes sense that they yeah. would be a little And so, from, he, so he
0: described the dream job, which um, Joe Russo was talking about Robert Downey Jr., mm-hmm. beloved Iron Man Tony Stark, yes. who he says... <laughs> like gets bored when he says a line once and he's like okay new line so what they do to refine that process is that they go to his house like once a week for lunch okay and they look at the script and they come up with like some funny lines and stuff for him to say in advance and so he has like a little earpiece on set and when he does a line he'll he'll ask his assistant on set to feed him an improvised line that they came up with which is so cute (laughs) (laughs) Wait, wait,
1: I'm a little behind here. (laughs) Yes. So, are are you saying that he won't, like, repeat the same line twice?
0: I think he, no, he does, but he likes, I think he likes variety in his acting. Okay. So, like, for example, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, who plays Doctor Strange, is, like, British actor with a capital A. Like, he's an actor. And so, he studies the script and he's, like, you know, sticking to That's it. That's what it is. Yeah. But pair him with Robert Downey Jr., and it's like, okay, now we have to be a little bit more flexible, and the script has to be a little bit more malleable. So, hmm. they do kind of hammer it in. They're like, okay, we are going to make sure we stick with like one of these like three options or something. I'm assuming, but other than that, you know, it's kind of a free for all. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Stuff. Cool. Yeah. So
1: man those act- its so different from like a giant movie like that because you know, on Game of Thrones. I mean, all the I guess it's different from TV and, and movies too, like you know, all the actors are none of them are that big. Like yeah. none of them are a Robert Downey Jr. size. Yeah. So I don't, I, I don't think. And from what I heard, it was all very tightly. Like you stuck to the script on Game of Thrones. Like you didn't do much. Mm. There was a whole lot of action going on.
0: Yeah, I feel like with that, and like in a way with Marvel, you're adapting from the comics, but I think much more loosely so than maybe Game of Thrones. Yes. So there's there's like. I think what Joe Russo was talking about, he was like, you know, they are staying true to their characters when they improvise, mm-hmm. but sometimes it's not maybe true to the story. And I think that's that's, uh, yeah, that's something that. that, like if you stick to the script with like Game of Thrones, you want to stay true to that story. Right, That's really cool. Yeah, yeah.
1: Anything else you've gleaned from that event?
0: What else did I write about? Um, oh, <laughs> this was a funny one. They were talking about uh, how... With Avengers Endgame, there's a little bit of like a message between the movie. If you didn't know, this is, you're watching PBS, not, not Marvel Entertainment. <laughs> but he was talking about how he likes to have complex villains in his uh, movies. Sure. And Thanos' whole thing was he wants to balance the Earth and, you know... By committing genocide. Right, by committing genocide, but boom, our resources are better. Um, and so for them, they were like, this is kind of like a lesson in, you know, environmentalism. Like, how do we use our resources and all that? He was like, if I put this in a superhero movie, you guys are going to like it. If we make it as like a documentary with this message, the message might not come across. That is and a good like,
1: point. <laughs> No, it's. I don't know whether to be cheered by that or like dispirited. That, yeah, it's
0: like, did you learn? Okay, great. Something? Like,
1: yeah, we're we're out here trying to educate you on climate change, or whatever. But we have to get it in a superhero movie yeah. to get it. <laughs> <laughs> when Al Gore tried that with, non- what, what was that movie he did? inconvenient truth. Inconvenient
0: truth. Yeah. Everybody got mad. Yeah. Yeah. So it. Okay. So
1: his mistake was he should have put that message into. He should have like, Spider the, Man three.
0: He should have put Spider Man in his movie. Throw some okay. venom in there. <laughs> and then, boom! Oh, totally, well, we're all knowledgeable about environmentalism. It is
1: important to put a little bit of spice. Yeah. Um, in in your in your in your in your yeah. learning.
0: I learned, Brandy well, in journalism city. school, we called, it's like sometimes you can have your candy and your sweets, like your fluff stories. Sometimes mm. you need a little broccoli to keep you healthy. So <laughs> I like
1: that.
0: that was their broccoli. Um, and then he was like, coincidentally, for Captain America Winter Soldier, which was the second Captain America movie. Yes. Was that their first one they directed? It was. Yeah, that yeah. was their first entry. He was talking about how they were exploring, like, you know, what from our own anxieties can build into the villain. They were talking about what about... Uh, you know, government controlling and, you know, knowing too much information, all Mm -hmm. this. And it was like kind of like right around when Snowden happened and that whole big thing. They're like, wow, look at how this coincidentally matches up with, you know, what's going on right now. So, I mean, hey, if you want to be a filmmaker and get a message out, I think the takeaway here is to make a superhero movie. So
1: You've got to package your message in a way that is appealing that folk don't even know they're being given a message and then they'll get it.
0: They'll get it. They'll walk away and, and be like, you know what? <laughs> Why didn't Thanos just make two of everything instead of taking <laughs> half
1: away? Like, don't be a nerd and make a documentary about something important. <laughs> just make a superhero movie and
0: just... <laughs> <laughs> Bill nye <Nigho>, scientists. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But yeah, otherwise, it, it was a really great... Uh, yeah, it sounds fun. I mean, just to be in the room with the person who made the number one movie in all of history. Yes, is like, that
1: is. Wow. It is. It, it, did, it did get up yeah, there. Yeah,
0: yeah. James Cameron. Other you know
1: that adjusted for inflation, mm-hmm. at least, I'm sure you know this, that in the U.S. at least, Gone with the Wind is still far and away. Is like really? Yes. Wow. Like, and it, it, it's not even kind of close, by the way. It's like, it's way in the lead.
0: That's hilarious. Because I thought it, it was still just kind of like a close tie between that and Avatar, but that...
1: That is U.S. because yeah. I don't think Gone with the Wind like was like travel. No, yeah, or whatever, yeah. But,
0: that's wow. But
1: yeah, like not only number one in the U.S. but like way number one. <laughs> <So> <laughs> they have a long down. time to go to catch up.
0: <laughs> All right. I think that's probably why they're doing this DVD tour. They're like, please, we got to beat Gone with the Wind, please. <laughs> <laughs>
1: got to beat Gone with the Wind. <laughs> oh, boy. Let's go right okay. Any other comments we got before we wrap it up?
0: Um, we're going back to George R. R. Martin talking about fine. him writing slowly. Louise says he does write slowly, but maybe the timing winds of winter is all linked to a plan. George R. R. Martin may have known Uh-oh. their own plan in eight series arcs. Let the series run, I and then when it. people are wanting more and complain about the ending, the more same <laughs> characters, different arc arcs, alternatives that people want. Cunning, who? It's okay. a grand plan. <laughs> he
1: doesn't have it.
0: <laughs> okay, it, you know, well,
1: for, for, for a while, there was this theory that like, oh, he's waiting till the show is ending, then it'll release the both books at once. Mm, no, that was no. never going to happen. I think people. coming
0: from the mind of a writer and just knowing that procrastination is real, I don't know his excuse. I think that might be it. I just kind of believe that he's going at his own pace.
1: I got a whole theory about it We can talk about some other time. <laughs> Anything else we want to bring up before we wrap it up? Again, Josh Hill is not going to be here. Yeah, yeah,
0: so I'm just filling time. Um, Oh, no, we don't have to fill
1: time because I'm really asking.
0: (laughs) I would encourage everyone to head over to Fansided where I have a wonderful interview with Ashley Eckstein. Um, If anybody here is a Star Wars Clone Wars fan, she plays Ahsoka Tano. Uh, and she's also the founder of Her Universe. Uh, me and Cheryl are fans of hers because she creates these wonderfully, like, geeky clothes for men and for women, whoever wants to wear it. Um, so it's a great interview. She's heading to the D23 Expo, which cool. might be something we can talk when about. Is that? that is August 23rd through That's the 25th. So, yeah, there is some great stuff coming up there. Maybe we can talk about it next week. Totally.
1: And uh good winners coming, and we have an interview with uh, Arnas Fedara Visius from The Last Kingdom. Ooh. <laughs> it's very exciting. <laughs> thanks for watching, guys. We'll be back next week with more Game of Thrones news, and fire commentary, more fantasy and sci-fi um depth divings. And hopefully, uh, a song of Dan and Josh, starring myself and Josh Hill. Uh thanks so much, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.